0: inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company.
1: Josh Jacobs likes to go airborne, gets a handoff, runs him easy, jackpot baby, Josh Jacobs runs it in for the Raiders. Mariota with Jacobs alongside him, keeps it, Mariota, jackpot baby, Marcus Mariota takes it home for the Ninth Island, away on its way. Trip. Yes, the Raiders come up a winner, upsetting the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving afternoon, 36-33.
0: It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield
1: on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Twin Peaks on a Monday Willie's here. It's Cofield back in the Finley Toyota Studios. It's Ari Mateos helping us out down here at Twin Peaks. Willie's hanging around until 6 o'clock. He'll be giving out prizes and goodies as we get you ready over the next three hours for Monday night football with the Seahawks. Washington against Washington. as football team is up as the home team.
0: It's trending at 2, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA.
1: Willie, for you, biggest story of the weekend, because I don't think I'm objective on this because I'm a little too knee-deep in college sports of late, what do you think the story of the weekend was?
2: I think the over the entire weekend, it has to be the college football shakeup. You do? In the college football playoff game. Okay, I figured you
1: were going to say Raiders going back to Thursday with the upset victory, as Brent said there, and you know blowing the lead, showing some moxie well, into it, the extra session and getting things done. Um, so but do you, you think it's the college football playoff shakeup? It was a crazy Saturday.
2: Yes, and you said weekend, so I took it as Saturday Sunday. If you're talking the four days, I still say it's the college football. It's yeah. not the Raiders beating the Cowboys. That that that's probably in the top 5 maybe, but it's not a it's not the top sports story. I think combined
1: and again, I'm I'm right now I'm very much around college sports because of the UNLV stuff. But I think combined the CFP shakeup plus At the top of the coaching ranks, the the fact that Lincoln Riley just told everyone, you know what, the USC job does matter. I can walk away from a job like Oklahoma. I can tell LSU to screw off. I think that's also interesting. And then now there's going to be a lot of shuffling up there. So let's start out with that for a couple of seconds. First of all, if you missed it yesterday, Lincoln Riley decides to move on from Oklahoma. He's a guy who's been mentioned for the last three years. Still a very young guy. 38 years old. They mentioned the last three years as an NFL coaching prospect. And you figured if you told, I mean, right now Oklahoma's in shock, right? They consider themselves a top five job and they just got outbid. And I think we can get into some other reasons as to why he wanted to leave Oklahoma. That is sending shockwaves through college football. But now comes the domino effect, Willie, Yeah. because now Oklahoma is open. So now we've got Oklahoma looking at some different coaches. Um,
2: Paging urban Meyer.
1: Yeah. We'll see, right? Mario Cristobal is in rumors, and he's got a a top, like, seven job. He's paid very well. He's rumored for some of these jobs, so that's a crazy thing there. And then on the Oklahoma side of it, uh, no surprise they've acted like babies, a lot of their fans. A lot of the media is shocked. And I always kind of wonder with the traditional college football markets in the Midwest and the South, if they get a little too full of themselves and don't actually appreciate what they're doing, in this era you know what i'm saying like just because you've been very good over the years oklahoma doesn't mean that you can't turn into nebraska pretty quickly right it's a very fine line a lot of these a lot of these programs are coach programs
2: it's not because norman oklahoma is a wonderful place no tinseltown i mean Cowtown to tinseltown it's real simple and if we're going to talk about storied programs, USC, regardless of how long it's been since they've been in the top five, been mentioned for, a, you know, college football playoff, whatever they're, it's still arguably a top five college football program. It's a top five college football landing place that you want to be at when you're talking about storied know, college football programs. I
1: argued, with, I argued with Midwesterners all during this season about what the best jobs were, and I kept being told that eh, USC is not a great job. We'll get into that again in about 30 minutes. Other big news coming out. Yep. Um, so we've got yet another variant that could be super dangerous with COVID. We've got more COVID positives and a potential COVID outbreak in the NFL with the Cowboys. So remember last week we had Jerry Jones more than irked at Amari Cooper for not being vaccinated and having to miss two games. Now the head coach. Mike McCarthy has tested positive, and he is out, again, for a Thursday game. That's the other killer. When these things happen at the beginning of the week on a short week, you're, you're screwed. So McCarthy, as of now, I don't think we've seen an announcement who's going to take over as a head coach, but in a season that is kind of unraveling for the Cowboys with personnel issues, and now the head coach is down, the timing is terrible.
2: It is. Um we haven't necessarily seen, like we did last year, the the outbreaks. Um, so this is this this is obviously a big one on a local front. I would say it's a little concerning since the Raiders just spent some time in Dallas in the facility, uh, brushing, uh, blocking, tackling, breathing, spitting, grunting, salivating, sweating on one another.
1: Uh, and I have no idea what they do at the stadium in terms of cleanliness and masking up and respect for well on no, the field I, forget forget I, about all that I have no forget idea. About it.
2: let's say that they're they, 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 they're they're the utmost of of hygiene in in every facility right. you're still there's still 22 guys on the field
1: right. once you're on the field all the precautions yeah, go bye-bye right. so you got to play the game
2: um i'm just going to throw this out there by the way you you opened that this little bit this this particular with the new variant of this and i'm not buying in yet just yet into and getting my fear up and getting my guard up because a few months ago there was the Delta variant. Every time there's a new variant, it just seems to be that there's a new approval for a vaccine. Now recently it was the, the vaccine was approved for five to 11 year olds. And then all of a sudden now this variant, well, it attacks young people. It's there. And I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories and all that. I believe there's a new variant, but every year people stress the flu shot because, oh, there's new, you know, variants of different flus and and, and and this, that, the other. So I think that this thing is good. It's like they said, like the national news, the worldwide news, the the national wire said, this is going to continue to have new variants as long as vaccines in poorer countries can't afford to get those vaccines in those countries. It's going to spread, and there's going to be different ones. It's a matter of containing it, keeping it out of the United States are keeping certain restrictions, following the rules, washing your damn hands. I mean, if there's one good thing that's come out of this is everybody's washing their hands at least. Well, not everybody, but well, more, more people. More people are a little go more to, conscious. Go to a men's room and you see you see the way guys They're act. a little conscientious of their, the of their uh, well, uh, men and women. Yeah. Uh, I don't con- get to go to a women's room, so. Well, I'm just saying in general. I think con- I think people are just more a little conscientious of their hygiene, so that's a good Definitely thing. Definitely gotten better. But the fact of the matter is, uh, okay, so back to the Cowboys. Back so, to uh,
1: real, real quick, I want to react. I appreciate your rant on, you know, what what the next level of fear with COVID is. Um, we can think anything we want. The NFL is going to, when things like this come along, you know they ramp things up. And they yeah. do tell everyone, hey, there could be problems coming before the Thanksgiving weekend. We're not really past Thanksgiving weekend yet. We won't know if anything real bad came out of that aside from the Cowboys. So, right. it's a story to follow. and now the Cowboys face New Orleans also a reeling team and the Cowboys are five and a half on Thursday night football the AFC West and the AFC yesterday was a crazy day we'll get into the teams that we thought were most impressive maybe reset our thinking about them Mm -hmm. but the AFC West is pretty much starting over and it's because it's been such a topsy-turvy last four or five weeks but it's almost like the beginning of the season right Chiefs Seven and four, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos, all six and five. It's pretty yeah. crazy.
2: And to Sean Reed, our, our, our fr- good friend to Sean Reed from The Athletic put something out yesterday. He said, It feels like the non Chiefs AFC West fumbled the bag. Kansas City lo- looked legitimately vulnerable early on, but now they're rolling. rest of the division has just been okay since. Weeks one through seven, Raiders five and two, Chargers four and two, Broncos and Chiefs were three and four. Since week eight, the Chiefs are four and zero. Oh, the Broncos are three and one. The Chargers are two and three, and the Raiders are one and three. But we have a seventeen-week season. There's that extra game. It does seem like every time that we've hit a point, I don't know about you, but every time we've hit a point where it's like, it is obviously in the local. Well, it's the Raiders, right? So we're right. counting how many games they have. But now you look up and look at the records, like, whoa, they still got six games left. It's like, <laughs> wow, this is. It feels longer.
1: It does this year because it's been so up and down. Yeah. Like you figure. Things are established through this many games, and then it changes over the next four games. So it's been uh, it's been a pretty nutty football season. By the way, news just in now from the fisticuffs, a lot of frogginess going on in the uh, Raiders and Cowboys game. Uh, Cowboys Tristan Hill suspended two games, mm. two games without pay for punching Johnny Simpson of the Raiders. He's going to lose about uh, a little over $100,000 in salary while missing games. At the Saints this Thursday, McCarthy will be out for that one. And against football team, and again, the Cowboys are reeling, so they need all the help they can get. We'll take a quick time out of here. We'll get into the NFL weekend, see who the most. Also, a lot of baseball news in today, and we were talking about, hey, Lincoln Riley saying, hey, you know what, I'm out of Norman, Oklahoma. I'm out of the sticks. I want to go to L.A. I want to go to Tinseltown. Now we've got guys jumping from one mega market to the other, in Max Scherzer, and just minutes ago, Corey Seager made his decision.
0: Nova Home Loans brings you Trending It Too. It's a refi-rated Nova Home Loans with interest rates at all-time lows. Now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer, 877-700-NOVA.
2: I actually didn't like them just because everybody in Oklahoma just about liked them, and my, my people don't really like them. My people are Vikings fans, so... Yeah, it was huge. I had 20 people here just to see all my family after the game and knowing they came out and support me and just that atmosphere. I haven't been in this uh, stadium since my first year of college. It was definitely a big booster for me.
0: Live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. Playing, the candles are burning, Lord. One for each night, they shed a sweet light do it. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Day two.
2: Day, 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 one
1: day, for day. Each night, day two.
2: they shed a sweet
1: day one. Day two. Sorry. Day two. day two. Day two. I know
0: what I'm talking about. It up. I think it's deep. I saw, uh, I
1: last night I was downtown, I saw what looked like a rabbi. Uh, dancing to steel drums, as they were playing Mexican music, it was it was lovely. It was it was a it was a bonding scene for me on the first night of Hanukkah. I enjoyed it.
2: Was it was it his, his I, didn't, I
1: didn't look that closely. I just I was enjoying his dancing, and he seemed to be uh, getting down. And I love the steel drum. Steel drum could be my favorite. This is a safe space now, isn't it? Normally, Ari, we would expect to have someone ripping my head off for talking about liking certain kind of drums, but of all the percussion instruments, steel drum is right up there. I think it's I think it's percussion technically.
2: Who would yell? It is. Who would yell at you for that? I love it.
1: You know, you know Adam Hill. I've mentioned ah, I like marching bands. I like drums. I like the drums in marching bands. It's got
2: a drum stuff. technically. He would come up with. I bet. I
1: Love the xylophone. Love it. I got so did fired you, up. Did you like at, Nick
2: Cannon and Drumline?
1: At uh, I have no idea what that is. At oh, uh, UTSA. Must watch. Is it? Yeah, right, Willie. Okay. Do uh, I devote ninety minutes to that or not?
2: Zoe Saldana's in it, so
1: Zoe, Zoe. What? What? Zoe Saldana is that her name?
2: Isn't that isn't that who plays the love interest?
1: I don't know. You're, you're going down a path where you don't sound very certain.
2: I, don't ask good, me to pronounce a name. It's a good movie. You should you should definitely watch Drumline.
1: Anyway, thanks, Harry. That was good music. Holiday music has begun on Cofield and Company. Boom. We know everyone loves it. It'll be crammed down your throat because we are very Christmasy, very holiday-ish, very Hanukkah-ish, Hanukkah-y. Does that all work? Hmm. Festive.
2: I'm feeling festive. I'm, I uh, mean, it's November. You? Sure.
1: Uh, nice gifts, uh, Jewish or not, for Ari, have you Corey Seeger? See you? Come on, let's move on.
2: Okay, let's go. Yeah.
1: We're going on 17 tangents here. Let's get to a point. Uh,
2: Corey got a big gift. Corey
1: yes, Seeger sir. gets $32 million. Not from the Dodgers. Dodgers have now lost Corey Seager and Max Scherzer. Back-to-back days. Scherzer goes for uh, three years and, you know, one of these short but high-dollar contracts, upwards of $140 million. But for Seager, it's interesting. He hasn't really been healthy the last four years. When he is healthy, he's a top-five shortstop. His war is generally between four and six. Last year, he played 95 games, was on pace, to have a career high WAR, He's are gonna have a 27-97, 306 average on pace for that. So you can see, I like this. I this is always this is always my uh, my thing with baseball. Let's stop colluding. Let's try to win. Let's try to sell a product. Let's build up your team. Spend money, spend money. And for fans out there, I saw uh, one one local fan who was complaining about shares or this and these the dollars here. What do you care? What do you care if the the guy Steve Cohen has? you know 10 billion or a little less than 10 billion by giving a big contract to Max Scherzer.
2: It's it's been a couple weeks now but I'm curious have you were you surprised that the Dodgers they extended qualifying offers to Seager and Chris Taylor but not Clayton Kershaw?
1: I'm not surprised. It's, 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 am I am I am, am I a jerk if I say I think Clayton Kershaw actually owes the Dodgers like one more year at a reduced rate? And I'm very pro player but come on he got a he got a monster dealer was making north of thirty million dollars. How often was he out there for anything close to the season the uh, full season, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, same could be said for Seaver.
1: Yeah, I think I think they I'm not exactly sure why they offered. Well, I, I know in the end it's a draft pick. So that that's the biggest thing. It's not like the qualifying offer is not, hey, I think they're gonna take this this one year deal. It's to make sure you get draft pick compensation back. So uh, the Dodgers have done a really good job of building up their organization through the organization. Yes, they augment by getting free agents and, you know, going out and pillaging the poor in trades. But the core of the team, most of the time, is guys they bring up through their system. So getting a draft pick back, that's cool.
2: But but in building up and what they've done over the years, how many World Series has that resulted in? How many rings have they ended up with? Well,
1: I think all you can ask is to go as many times as possible, and hopefully you win a, you know, a couple out of six or seven trips. Well,
2: they didn't get a couple. Right.
1: So, so. they still have time. They still have an extremely deep organization, and I think they had to make a decision. You know, they have so many young guys that got to pay. Can you pay all of them? Do you want to pay all of them? And do you want to pay a guy who, again, is a little bit risky? He's 27 years old, but, you know, generally of late, he's played about 80 games a year. So good for the Rangers. I like that the Rangers are trying, and they, they signed him and Marcus Simeon, so yep. big money, upwards of like $500 million, Add in uh, John Gray from the Rockies. So yep. another team that was not trying, that is trying. That's That's good for baseball. That's healthy for baseball.
2: It is. Um, I'll tell you who I was really happy for. I tweeted this out also. was Kevin Gossman. I remember when Kevin came out in college. He was at LSU. Um, highly touted out of the state of Colorado. Went to the Baltimore Orioles. He was one, at the time, one of two active pitchers throwing over 100 miles along with um, uh, Cole, Derek Cole. Gosman's a good dude. He spent a summer here with with a with a team out of the California Collegiate League, which is similar to the Cape Cod League on the East Coast. Right. And he played for Team Vegas and really good dude. I want to say it was like in 2010 or 11. Really good dude. And so but he, this is a guy who, you know, he he's he was on the on the verge of becoming a real I mean a journeyman and just kind of just filling rotation and he stepped up for the Giants this past season. Worked his tail off and he earned that contract. So, just I mean, you know, it's it's not one of the big names. It's not obviously it's not Scherzer. It's not Seeger. It's not Simi. It's not these guys that are making signing their contracts. But this is a guy who who worked for what he got in, and he really earned that that paycheck that he got from the Blue Jays. It's
1: a good story. Anytime uh, you know a guy comes through and cashes in on generational money, that is cool. All right, NFL yesterday. Give me the win that impress you the most, maybe reset your expectations for a team, Eh, there's also the other side of this. There's a method to this madness. Packers over Rams, Bengals over Steelers, Dolphins over Panthers, Broncos over Chargers, Niners over
2: Vikings. The win that impressed me the most, and I'm going to give an unpopular opinion, is that the Cincinnati Bengals didn't just destroy the Pittsburgh Steelers. They made an argument that they're the best team in the AFC done.
1: Wow. Yeah. Best team in the AFC? Yep. I don't think I'm on board with that. Make the case. Yes. Better than the Chiefs? Better yeah.
2: than the Patriots? Yes, because there, how many times have we sat, we talked about different teams, especially in the college ranks, but in general, teams that are beating up on teams the way that they're supposed to be beating up on them, They may the, the level of competition, the caliber of play, the caliber of, of, of opponent may not be the same, but they're they're dominating teams in in ways. Their defense stepped up against the Raiders. Their offense came through. Mixon's playing like a monster. He scored how many? He scored a touchdown at least every single game. He scored multi touchdowns in X amount of game, I think four games now in a row. Uh now they beat they they beat up the Pittsburgh Steelers the way that they did. Crushed them. Crushed them, demoralized, and, and, and Pittsburgh is not. I, I that offense has been questionable all year. We wondering if, if if it's not. I mean, this is how many years in a row we talk, say is Ben Roethlisberger. This is last year, but you got to hand it to Mike Tomlin with what he's he's kept that team afloat. I just think that the way that Cincinnati and I did not say they are the best. What I said was the win, the way that they won. Tell me where they're making mistakes on in all three phases of their game, right? The kicker, how many how many 50-plus yards did he do at the Legion? They're, so offense, defense, special teams, tell me the way, where their flaws are at, and don't tell me it's because, well, they played the Raiders. Well, during a three-game losing. Well, they played the Steelers. No, 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 no. Because they dominated teams in the way that they were supposed to dominate them. And the AFC North, I don't care if you are 7-0 and and 0-7. You and I both know that that nasty – grimy division just like the nfc north anything can happen well maybe not with the detroit lions on any given day the cincinnati bengals i thought was at you gave me the lineups. Yeah. that was the most impressive win and i think they made an argument to be in the conversation as the best team in the afc
1: i can accept that yeah for me it's a wait and see uh we don't know enough about zach taylor now that they're actually a winning organization we'll see what he does against best coaches down the stretch and. In- in all likelihood, in the playoffs, I thought the most impressive was, and you know, this is my poison because I just said four weeks ago, I'm done. The love affair's over. Enough, a little shanny. I can't take it anymore, especially from a betting standpoint. I can't do it anymore. And Sunday morning, I I swear I had it loaded up. It's Niners three and a half, and you know, and I was sitting there and I'm like, no, no. I told myself four weeks ago, I'm done, and I showed discipline, and then I didn't win money. I'm not. I'm not back on board, but I will say this team fighting all the way back to 6-5, and Nick Bosa playing like Nick Bosa, and executing their bread and butter, that run game for 208 yards against a Vikings team that has had a lead in every single game by, what, at least a touchdown. It's an amazing season at 5-6. and So that was impressive. I'm not officially on board yet because I still hesitate with their quarterback situation, but the way they've bounced back
2: and the way they got it done yesterday, that was sweet. They're an impressive team. They're an impressive on-the-cusp team that's that's definitely a team to watch, especially in the NFC West with the vulnerability we've seen with the Cardinals. The Seahawks are done. The Seahawks are done. We're going to get into this, I think. I, I haven't had a chance to breeze through this because we had a little bit of a late start, but if, if this comes up. but the oh, carol, oh, it's the, coming up. Okay, the, so that marriage is done, what we're going to talk about. And then the Rams. Oh, excuse me. Let's go pick up uh Vaughn Miller. Uh, And uh, Odell, how's that project been working
1: out? So far, not so good. Good competition, but so far, not so good. On the way back, let's get to uh, one of the bigger stories of the weekend. It rocked the uh, college sports world on Sunday, and I think it is really going to upset the apple cart at the top of college football. Lincoln Riley, apparently USC and L.A. is an attractive job and market for college football. The Ultimate Sports Lodge, where you can watch every game
0: in HD. The beer is an icy 29 degrees, and the food leaves you coming back for more. Twin Peaks Lodge in Henderson.
1: Derek Carr va a venir con pase profundo, completo, de Sean Jackson. En la 20, a la 10, a la
2: 5. Touchdown, Raiders. D-Jax, bienvenido a Las Vegas.
0: Live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company.
1: That was a good call. I like that d I've used that before. I'm not sure if that's a widespread thing. D-Jax. d Big impact. Willie Ramirez is here. It's Cofield. We got Dave Koken coming up, review the weekend, in betting. look ahead to especially the college football Title games, which includes uh, the slate has the Pac-12 game here on Friday night, and then uh, on Sunday we find out what the Las Vegas Bowl alignment will be, and there's plenty of good options now. We'll get into more of those later on as the uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 got are you, are you gonna pretty crazy. The,
2: you going to be at the Pac-12 championship? I will not. I will be there. Josh Dubow and I will be
1: there. Should be a good game. Yeah. You know, now you don't
2: sound excited. You're like, yeah, we'll be there, and then, eh. I just was asking if you were going to be there. I didn't, I mean, you know, I'm used to seeing you at places. Didn't get to see you a lot this past, the past four or five days. I tell you what. Mike. I actually
1: didn't know why I wasn't going to be there, but I just remembered I'll be in San Francisco that
2: night. Yes. For UNLV basketball You and I day. will be talking, uh, later this week while you're gone yes and uh but that's gonna no i it, no, it'll be a good game i mean utah smacked them around already but i would expect i would expect Oregon to come a little bit better prepared i mean you missed some good college basketball i mean you saw you know you saw you but anyway i didn't get to see you this past week at, at any of the action usually at least one time during the week i run into you somewhere it's you know just a matter of where it's too much going on there's a lot, a lot going of on. different you're things. out of town you're traveling you're, to cover, flights, for you too. you're left and right i'm but anyway, the, I, I saw some really good college hoops. The Maui invite, the Gonzaga games. It was it was it was it was some, tell you what, I was really happy for Las Vegas.
1: I'm happy for LA, but I'll extend it to the whole Pacific time zone. <laughs> I get a little tired of hearing how sports fans out here aren't as good you get fired as up. the Dorks in the South and the Midwest. Oh yeah. Who are completely lacking self awareness. Yep. And there was a discussion for much of the season about these open jobs, LSU and USC, and I was told repeatedly by people from the Midwest, oh, you know, USC, not a great job, L.A., this and that. Okay. So Lincoln Riley, when it came down to it, and I'm sure he was being offered comparable money. It can't come down to money in the end, right? From Oklahoma, LSU, and USC, he jumps, and it's such a kick in the nads of both SEC fans and Big 12 fans, soon to be SEC fans, Oklahoma. I freaking love it. Mm. And, you know, it cemented it for me when I saw the way Oklahoma fans reacted. Like, oh, you never did anything for us. Like, are you folks kidding me? Where this guy had this program? And listen, was he winning at the highest level at the very end? No. Was he going to get there? Yes, you make it enough. You're going to win. The dude went 55 and 10, and you have Oklahoma fans? Who have the balls to complain or say good riddance, screw off. You know, you're part of when you react like that, that atmosphere is also part of the reason coaches are like, this place ain't that great. Like, yeah, like those things, that's a big feather in the cap. We care so much. Yeah, but you care to the point where it's obnoxious. So good for him. He's going to LA. Um, you can already see what's going to happen in a recruiting class because he was recruiting nationally and he had three commits next year. From Southern California, well, those guys are all going to decommit. And my guess is that Willie, really half of this class that had committed for
2: Oklahoma will now be following him to SC. And I'm not going to um, – let me just – let's just say I am not going to blame the Spencer Rattler to the transfer portal on him. That's not why he's in the transfer portal. He got benched. His dad, they are they, – they knew he was leaving. But – I will say this in saying that he's done nothing for them, which is which is crap. I'm, I'm with you there. He's won. I mean, four big 12 titles, three college football playoff appearances. I mean, in his first head coaching job. And when he recruited, when when Spencer Rattler came there, he was the top guy. I mean, he was on that show QB one. And, you know, it just didn't work out. It, and, and but so we knew he was leaving. But yes, there are going to be people that are going to decommit. There are going to be other. Players, I think I thought I saw that the one guy already jumped ship, not uh, like a regular, not not Rattler, uh, another person has already entered. So, um, the ripple effect that his departure will have will be felt in Norman. And, oh, yeah. you know, all due respect to those in Norman, Oklahoma, again, I will repeat what I said earlier USC is a top five college football job, no matter, doesn't matter what. The complexion of that program has looked like the last five, six, 10 years. Well, they've had
1: administration problems, they've had bad ADs, and they made bad hires. So, that's that, by the way, for Oklahoma fans, maybe those who are under like 25 don't remember. And you also have Gary Gibbs and John Blake in your history. And as I mentioned earlier, two programs that were tied at the hip for a good 35, 40 years, you know, 60s into the 70s, 80s, 90s Oklahoma and Nebraska. Like, look what happened to Nebraska. They just made mistakes and continually, constantly. Hired the wrong guy. Yeah. Remember, they blew out Frank Solich because he was only winning like nine and a half games a year, right? Because he wasn't Tom Osborne. But there, there's so many places out there that feel like you know they're it's it's preordained that they win at college football. No, you. There are places in this country that are lucky to have been so good, and the landscape is changing, right? Industry in these areas isn't what it used to be. Uh, people oftentimes are flocking for the coast. So for a coach, if he wants to go and be in L.A. where he can still win at the highest level, he can still get all these great quarterbacks. Now he's got California right there. He's already recruiting it well. Yeah. And he goes to a market that will care, but not care to the point where it's torture. And that is quality of life and being friggin' raked over the coals for going 55 and 10 has to be a consideration. Like, yeah, I'm going to win here, and I'm, gonna, I'm hopefully going to win national championships here, but I don't need this to be torture. I want this to be fun, and I don't want to achieve, but I don't want to be, you know, have my chops busted for going freaking
2: eleven and two every year. The reason, and and part of the reason, you have to assume the SEC, the Big Twelve, they're mad because you, you always hear right with the Power Five and we get to this point in the season with the, or or actually that first week of the. CFP the Cofield Football Projections uh play uh poll Col- Football yeah, Poll we still haven't fir- got it right but it's close. the first week that we have that um Pac twelve is always just dogged so it's not just USC it's the it's that conference that the rest of them but what they're worried about is how successful he was with the recruiting he did in Norman because now not only does he continue to recruit well in California oh guess what those recruiting hotbeds for the Big Twelve and the SEC. He's now going to steal from there as well and bring them to the Pac-12. It's
1: good stuff. It's good stuff. It's good stuff for the Pac-12. It's good stuff for West Coast hey. football, and it's good for guys like us who do sports talk who now have to watch, or well, don't have to, are going to be intrigued to watch the coaching carousel because uh, next up, Oklahoma's going to try to steal away, who knows, Mario Cristobal, they're going to try to make a run at Cliff Kingsbury. Dave Coken's on the way.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.
2: The
1: Mets just did something crazy.
2: <laughs> did Anything's happen? possible. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yes. It's official, like a whistle. Hold on, let me do it. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Is-
0: hanging at twin peaks for monday night football it's cofield and company
1: and
2: when it's dry and ready oh dreidel i shall play i have a little dreidel i made it out of clay Who's
1: that park Bur- and, uh, and, and han reacting to max scherzer going from the dodgers to the mets the mets have landed a bunch of players spending money and people are actually taking the money I stand corrected on that one. We'll get to that in the Big Five at 4. Willie is hanging out here at Twin Peaks. It's our Monday home. Monday Night Football is on the way. Seahawks, do they have anything left? What's going to happen with Pete Carroll going against football team as suddenly the NFC East doesn't look like this walkover for the Cowboys anymore? Breaking news in from college football as I talked about the coaching carousel, all these open jobs. They need new coaches. Where do they go? Do they try to go laterally, as I think Oklahoma is going to try and do? If they go down to group of five, who do they go after? And I think the real fascinating thing here, Willie, is you're going to have some places that fired coaches who actually had achieved some high points while they coached, and they're bringing in guys from group of five, and that's pretty much where they've achieved. So there's a little risk there, like, Billy Napier, great job at Louisiana. We'll see how it works out at Florida. And now Washington has hired Fresno's. So the Mountain West Conference loses a coach. Fresno State's, Kalen DeBoer, there for one and a half seasons. He's part of the program before that.
2: A season in a COVID. Yeah. Yeah, 12 and uh, – Very good this year. 12 and 6, very good, 9 and 3 this year, 12 I will, and 6 overall. I, I will throw in. Yeah.
1: They did grab Jake Hayner out of the transfer portal before last year. So good job there. I think I'm correct on the timing of that one. Uh, Ronnie Rivers is their second best player. He was he was there before, although DeBoer was an assistant years ago. But Ronnie Rivers was a big thing for Fresno State. I just I always I always worry, and frankly, I don't care if Washington flops moving forward. But I always worry when power fives dip into a Group of Five and grab a two year guy. Now I think a lot of people would argue that DeBoer is more than a two year guy. He's been around for a long time and he was ready for this. But that's a big jump up from Fresno to Washington.
2: It is, and he's, he had a nice little resume this year. I mean, close loss to Oregon, which is in the Pac-12 championship, right? I mean, I think the only knock on him maybe this year might be losing to Hawaii, but it beat UCLA 40-37 to in that wild game earlier in the season.
1: Beat UNLV 38-30.
2: Another powerhouse. Beat San Diego State. So 2-1 and one against ranked teams plus the UNLV win. I mean, I can see why they grabbed him. No, I'm, being, I'm being sarcastic. No, seriously. He's I mean, like you said, he he's done enough with his entire career where it's it's impressive enough. He's only got two years uh, as a head coach, but um, offensive core offensive mind, right? He was at uh, Indiana, eastern Michigan, southern Illinois, and he's worked his he's worked his way through sort of grinded his way through as a coach and like a uh, like like on the basketball ranks like like our boy uh, TJ back there in Iowa City or Iowa State so a lot it's a definitely a loss i would say this it's a loss for the mountain west oh yeah no doubt
1: no doubt uh and we were just talking about how Oklahoma fans are all pissed off and they feel like they're preordained, like how dare a coach would leave here. Oh, we'll just go out and give, you know, get Cliff Kingsbury from the NFL. Uh, Washington's another example, Willie, of a team that achieved at a high level under a coach, Don James. Chris Peterson came in there, did some good things, but they are not guaranteed to win at football in Seattle, at Washington. So we'll see how the board does here. I know you wanted to build on the point of Riley going to the West Coast is good for not only the Pac-12, but... Maybe the Mountain West Conference.
2: Yeah, it is um, because the teams out of there, including USC, they've played Mountain West teams. So you have to figure as the Pac-12 strengthens its and, – and now you take a Mountain West coach, bring him to Washington, take a guy like Lincoln Riley, comes to USC. They're going to look at the top of the Mountain West, the San Diego State's, the Boise State's. UNRs, uh, the Utah States even, they're going to want to play those teams um, in non-conference play. They'll pay the fee. Then they'll end up getting a competitive game out of it. But what happens is then their strength of schedule beefs up, power ratings. And then when they get into conference play, the teams they play. So let's say that USC schedules San Diego State. San Diego State wins the Mountain West Championship, and for whatever reason, they schedule Washington or uh, USC. Now there's a Pac-12 opponent on their schedule, and then when they played the Mountain West, played until UNLV, almost knocked off San Diego State, or played them tough, say they beat them. So the so stronger a, the Pac-12
1: is in general,
2: it could help. It could help it the Mountain help West Conference because like the if West? they are
1: going to play at a conference, they generally will play a couple of games against sure, the Mountain West. Almost every, team, almost every team, almost in the Pac-12 will schedule a couple of Mountain West games.
2: Right. So I think I think the hires like that, and as the Pac-12, you know, continues to grab coaches and and they're 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 wanting to sort of make their statement that, you know, the the SEC is the big bully, the Big Twelve puffs out its chest, the Big Ten's always going to be around. They want the Pac-12 is the one that's frowned upon about all those conferences from the Midwest to the East.
1: And finally, we get it. No, not finally, but we get another example of where they're they mean business. That's good. Yes, they're sending a message. Yep. You know, last year they took a you know they got a real bum rap for trying to be super, super, super careful about COVID, and then you start hearing like they just don't care, like the schools in the SEC. They care, and they all have money, and they can all afford good coaches. And the fact that you went to a traditional power in the Midwest. Big 12 going to SEC in Oklahoma and stole away their coach. That's a big deal. 364-1100, 364-1100, caller 7. Holidays are here. We're giving away uh, Amazon gift cards all week long. If you uh, win one of these gift cards at 364-1100, caller 7. You also qualify for the grand prize. It's all courtesy of Silver 7s. That's two tickets to the final Raiders home game of the season at Allegiant against the L.A. Chargers. You get the tickets if you're the grand prize winner. Right now you're just qualifying you get the tickets to the game. You also get another 200 bucks in spending money, and we'll be giving that away live at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino this Thursday during halftime of the Thursday Night Football game. So qualify now. Call our 736-41100, and you may be the big winner of the grand prize from Silver 7's to uh, go check out the Raiders in the season finale, which is looking more and more like is going to be a potential game for a playoff spot in the AFC.
0: Ice-cold 29-degree beer for under $4 and cheap appetizers all game long. Get down here to Twin Peaks.